Hi, my name is Coach Netherland, and you're listening to the Not Soccer Podcast. Welcome to the Knox Soccer Podcast, where we tell the soccer stories of our favorite big town, little city, Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Patrick Teasdale. And I'm Brian Ganever. And on today's episode, we are talking to Austin East High School head soccer coach, Jonathan Netherland, who is right now preparing his boys to fight for more championships this season after conquering the Class A Tennessee State Soccer Championship last spring. So crack open your favorite beverage, slip on your favorite jersey, and get ready for the feast of football for the ears. Brian, how are we starting this one off? Like Sadi Busek to bring Austin East home the Golden Murfreesboro last spring. I'm hitting this one from the penalty spot, Patty. This is the Knox Soccer Podcast. We know last season was uh, a very exciting season, probably a very overwhelming season in some ways. What are your feelings and the team's feelings heading into this 2022 spring season? We're highly motivated. Winning that championship last year was very uh, on time. It really boosted um, the right amount of confidence in the, the underclassmen, for one. Our seniors were always going to lead the way last year. We counted on them for years, but just to see the level of excitement, anticipation, and preparedness from everyone else is, is really, really exciting to see. So we're we're feeling good about our goals and expectations. It's always a coach's dream and pretty much your imaginative goal to go undefeated and to win a championship, um, but we understand how challenging that is and how hard it is to repeat. Um, so we're, we're really focused on ourselves at the moment we've only had one week of practice so it's just really trying to get that mental toughness and that that confidence through preparedness um, trying to get that started right away have you gone ahead and stated a goal for the season yet is it is it to repeat is that the stated goal or are you are you kind of uh, well that's my stated goal i mean my expectation is that every year even my first season um, but we're realistic. Uh, the guys know the challenge. We're we're smart. We've been competing at a high level for a few years, and we understand uh, you really just need to learn and grow throughout the regular season and hopes of, you know, getting better seating for the playoffs. But our guys are highly ambitious. So I, I think the experience of making it to state and, and spending that week together um, is something that stuck with our players. Um, and it's kind of, you know, in the forefront of their minds to, hey, let's do that again. Let's get back. So, you know, we're not being unrealistic when we say we're, we're motivated to get back to state. I think that is a, a common goal amongst our players and coaches. OK, and I know I know the team's going to look different this year than it did last year. It's several players that graduated. Uh, so can you tell us about who you lost and who are the, the players that you expect to be stepping up this year? Yeah, there, there's been a lot of changes. Every season, every team is different. We were happy to graduate four seniors last year. Um, we happen to have a couple of transfers. One of our players moved out of town. One moved school. So we're we're losing that experience. But like I said, the anticipation and the excitement around our program is higher than it's ever been. I've signed up 15 new players. Um, some are freshmen and some are players that should have been playing, you know, for the last couple of years. So the personnel is different, but I think we're doing a good job and our, our leaders and our singers are doing a good job of explaining how we do things here at a championship level and what our aspirations are. And we're just pulling them right along, you know, throw them into the fire. But they have um, a good model of leadership to look 
look towards um, when it comes to our seniors and our leaders on our team. So we, we have more players on this, this team this year than I've ever had. I think I've counted 33 that's on our roster. We're, we're hoping to have a, a junior varsity team. But my thing about junior varsity and varsity, you're, you're always going to have to be ready. You never know when your name is going to be called. So we've, we've been taking that next man up mentality. And we're going to do that this year with a whole lot of depth. And I hope that that works out in our favor. You told us that the, the team is playing in a new division this year, new class. Can you tell me what are the changes in the team that you're going to be playing and the class that you're going to be playing in this year? Yeah, well, um, the state of Tennessee is divided into three classifications, single A, double A, and triple A in soccer. And we have been in class A for years. Um, they reclassified us a few years ago, so we knew um, going into last season that we were going to be bumped up this year to class 2A. They do it on population sizes, so we're expecting to go against bigger schools, which pre presents more challenge. But we've been playing 2A, 3A private schools for years, so we, we feel like we're, we're ready to do that. We have a, a super hard schedule. Um, I like to call it a, a Champions League type of schedule. We are, um, we're hosting and playing defending champions, runner-ups, perennial powerhouses. Uh, so I, I, I just believe, you know, our schedule in itself is going to prepare us for the playoffs. Um, and I think that was the same case last year. So can you give us a preview of the schedule? Who are some of the teams that you're going to play? Um, what have those rivalry, rivalries looked like in the past if you've played each other? Like I mentioned, it's the Champions League type of schedule. So we have Sevier County on our schedule this year. They were actual champions in Class 2A last year. They're in um, Class 3A um, this year, but we, we've been wanting to play. We've been chomping at the bit to get our teams together and, and see our competing styles. So we're looking forward to that. But in addition, I mean, we've, we've lost to Webb the last two years in a row, and we all know they went undefeated last year and was a, a real role model of, of success for coaches and, and teams here in Knoxville. They're on the schedule. Um, we're going to scrimmage Gatlinburg-Pittman the second week in March. That is a championship game rematch. It is just a scrimmage, but if you've ever seen us play Gatlinburg-Pittman or heard about it, every match is close and highly competitive and exciting. So with all that on the schedule, we're focused uh, and we know and understand the assignment and that is our district. Um, it is new to us. We play um, South Doyle, um, Fulton, Gibbs, and Halls, teams that we you know traditionally don't play. So it's going to be exciting to see how we uh, compete and compare, but we hope to earn a, a good seating. We hope to, to win the district. Uh, we understand what that does, giving us the first round bye in, in the district tournament, just automatically putting you in that, that championship uh, game and, and, and earning you a spot to the, the regional semifinal. So we're, we're highly focused on our district and highly focused on seating, um, hoping in every other game to just learn and grow um, and continue to be a, a shining light for kids and other teams in our community. Looking back on it now, I remember I did a little research around the time that, that you all were making your run at the state championship. And I think when I looked at it, you all had had some losing records for a couple of years. Things had been tough. And, and then last year, I mean, you blew everyone I mean, it, it was incredible, right? How unlikely was last year's run looking back on it? Just to put it into perspective, I mean, how incredible was the achievement that, that you you and the kids were able to pull off? The bar has been high. Um, our players really set that. So we we want to be good. You always hope to, you know, to achieve a, a great level of success, especially coming from, you know, our school, our expectations um, of just being good in every sport is, is is pressure in itself, but I think we've seen it coming. We, we've been developing for a few years. We've had the same 
core of, of, of excellent players since I would say 2018, you know, 2019, that freshman group has really been driving us. No one foreseen, you know, a birth to the state tournament uh, and definitely not a, a championship, but that's mainly because we take it one game at a time. So um, unlikely, I would say, is in a, a great word for us. More of, you know, we were hoping to get there and it just everything worked out. It takes a lot of luck to win a championship. It takes a lot of heart and skill to do it. And with our kids um, having that adversity and challenges, you know, of a stop and start season last year, I think every week it probably seemed unlikely if you use that term. So we, we just you know, hope to, to stay the course and hope to win the next game. And we happened to end our season on an eight-game winning streak, beating our fiercest rival and and doing it in front of a crowd that I would like to say was pro Austinese. You know, that was the the biggest thing of the championship match, having our fans and our supporters travel all the way to Murfreesboro. That really showed the support that they are willing to put in. And since then, the anticipation has been off the charts. Everyone's ready for the new season. So we're hoping to be able to at least match uh, what we did last year in the regular season. And we'll see what happens uh, when tournament time time comes. So, so what has been that reaction to the team and the, it's looked like there's been this outpouring of support and encouragement. It feels like everybody was following along with Austin East boys soccer last year. How have you and and the team interpreted it? Um, What's that support been like for you all? Uh, it's been tremendous. It's been incredible. We feel like it's been a long time coming and deserved. Um, but I feel like we've been riding it since that championship game. The excitement of that match, the the epic feeling uh, of winning it against your, your that arch rival it has stayed with us. We have been celebrated and wined and dined to where that that feeling of greatness hasn't waned at all. Uh, we're we're using that momentum to to roll into our, our preseason. It is exciting. And, and I, I meet people that I know from past, uh, present, and people I'm meeting for the first time is that, that knows our story, that knows about our championship, and they're excited about the next season. So that's that's encouraging. And when, you know, you're out and about and before, you know, no one knew me, I could walk into any venue and scout any team, you know, now it's like, Hey coach, you're going to do it again. How's the team looking? That is, that is very positive. Um, and I know it has a, a tremendous effect on our players as they walk through the hallways and more and more people know their names, more and more people are concerned about their well-being, their health, because they want to see them do their best. It's palpable, tangible, and, and it's, it's great to have. We, we, are, we are appreciative and we're very thankful. You know, we all saw the ESPN article earlier this week, which oh, was yeah. incredible. You know, ESPN sent their top soccer guy to Knoxville to, to talk to you, to follow along with, with your team. Uh, does having that attention uh, increase the pressure for you and the players or, or because you take it one game at a time, is it just same old, same old for you? Well, um, I'll be lying if I say it didn't. It is a new challenge for our players to have that target on their backs. We've we've rolled the underdog role for two or three years. We've played the role of spoiler. We come in, you know, uh, as an unlikely champion. Um, so just having that target on their backs is a new challenge and a new pressure. Um, as I mentioned, you know, this week I've really been harping on that mental toughness and telling the guys – You've done everything you needed to do up to this point. Build confidence through your preparedness. I think they'll get it. Uh, the butterflies, they'll hopefully be out of the way after our third scrimmage. But I, I have a team full of passionate players. When the going gets tough, they'll get going. Um, and I'm excited about that as a coach. So I'm curious about your approach to things. I know you don't come from a traditional soccer background. I know you play football and, and you play soccer. 
So what's your approach when you, when you coach these guys, what's the balance between, you know, like the strategic and the tactical and the motivational, what's your approach to it? Well, uh, I believe it's all important. I believe it's important to be motivating. I believe it's important to at times put yourself on the same level so you can seem personable. I give them my experience as a graduate of the same school. Uh, a lot of times having the same experience um, that they're going through now is it, helpful. And, you know, since day one, they knew I'm a, they knew I were, they know I'm a grassroots coach. Um, we, we talk about that the, all the time. We grow and we build every season together. Um, we learn different tactics and how to play differently through our games and, and, and through our experiences that way. So I, um, I like to say that I am a defensive minded coach. I understand that you shut a team out and you'll win. We've learned to be great penalty kickers because we've lost in that way before. Uh, so it's just finding a, a good balance of motivation and also personally, you know, building my knowledge of the game so I can exude that confidence when I'm trying to teach them. A, a lot of people, whether you're, you know, a young player or an adult, you you really um, listen when you know that the person teaching you knows what they're talking about. So I, I have to put my best foot forward when it comes to educating myself. But I love to say that we do it together. I have a team full of athletes that makes it easier. So we're, we're able to do things that other teams can't do when it comes to being a pressing and a trapping team, being very opportunistic and um, having that freedom of play because I have players that are able to master control of the ball. And I just, you know, let them know what our history at Austin East is. We are have a high expectation. Um, we want to be fast. We want to be tough. But understanding that we have to have athletes first before we can talk about winning. So development is my biggest pet peeve. That is the biggest driver of our team is to understand the journey of a four-year player, of a, of a high schooler, adding to your game every single year. Um, and that adds to the team. So I, I think the accumulation of that mindset has really got our program to where it is today. How have you been educating yourself and, and building up your knowledge of the game? It started, you know, as simple as coming home after practices as a volunteer coach with the girls team and watching soccer and, and diving into the YouTube videos and, and buying the, the coaching books, just how to, you know, structure a practice in itself. I participated in Glacier Clinics in Kansas City a couple of years. I drove myself up there and did a week long coaching clinic there and, and learned a lot. Uh, I remember sitting in the back of the room and one of the presentations and just looking around and wondering like, is everyone getting as much out of this as I am? I, I seem to be soaking it up. Um, and I wanted to leave the conference right then and there and get back to my team and, and get to work because um, I understood it. And, and I think that's a part of the journey, building as you grow in life. And it's just kind of clicked. I want this to be my career forever. I want to grow in this business. It is a beautiful game. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. So I, I'll continue to, to educate myself. And it seemed to really, really come around. I'm meeting a lot of people that are really, really supportive and wanting to be, you know, mentor. And I and I, I suck it up every single day. Do you have a dream for the AE soccer program? You know, what what are your big hopes and dreams for the program? Well, it, it is starting to come into fruition. I, I like to say that. I want to be a soccer school. We've had traditional success in football and basketball, but I want some sustained success for our soccer program um, in places like Alcoa in football and Merville High School. And, and I was just at uh, Christian Academy. 
Academy of Knoxville last week and seeing their run through the 2000s of state championships. I want that for our school. I want my players now, um, players before us, to come home and, and to see those banners and to be proud of their childhood and their high school days. I think it's important um, and it's a great driver of culture in our, in our neighborhood to have that success for those reasons. So what do you need from the community? What kind of support do you all need to, to build toward that dream, to build upon the success from last year and now into the future? How can we help Austin East Soccer? Keep sending your love. Um, we've really felt it last year. It was, it, was, it was there when we needed it. I'm not one to ask for things like money. I just want people to come over and visit and to see our program. We play an exciting brand of, of soccer. Honestly, it's different than a lot of teams in the area. Every game is exciting, whether it is a, a 9-0 win or a 1-0 win. So I just I would love to see new faces. I would love to see younger faces in the crowd of, of all backgrounds. We're, we're, we're very high on diversity at Austin East, so we invite any and everyone to come over. We are happy when, when we go to other places. Everyone is always inviting. So I just want to extend that um, to everyone at our home games this year. Come and check us out. Our kids are wonderful. They're, they're happy players and I think you'll have a good time. Do you want to put in a plug for the first home game of the season so people know to get there? Yeah, so I, I mentioned the scrimmage against Gatlinburg-Pittman. We play them on March the 8th. Though it's just a scrimmage, we will be treating it like a game. It is our last warm-up, so to speak, before the regular season starts. But if you want to come to a game that you feel like matters, we play Alcoa at home on March the 24th um, at 6.30. That is a uh, arch rival. We've played them for years. We actually were district opponents um, the last few years in Class 1A. Coach Corley is an amazing coach. He always prepares his teams uh, tremendously. So I, I am very sure that, that that first game is going to be exciting. The last few seasons started off undefeated, and we take pride in that small stat. Um, we hope to continue that against Alcoa. We've, at, we've been asking this to everyone that we talked to, and that's, do you think Knoxville is a soccer town? And if so, why is it a soccer town? Oh, absolutely. I'm not supposed to soccer town. It has been. We we brew some of the best players this side of uh, the Mississippi River. We had just needed the opportunity. We needed the, the team. Um, you can see it in the support of the Lady Balls program in the University of Tennessee. We we love the game. Uh, we just need more opportunity to support and to show up. I think uh, Knoxville Pro Soccer won Knoxville has done a great job so far um, putting themselves into the community, getting the word out. And I think the momentum is is growing and we're excited about the season this summer. Uh, have a, a, a player or two that's exciting about the opportunity to play with one Knox. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I, I think Knox was a soccer town and always has been. All right. We agree. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah. All right, Patty, I'll let you So I, I'm brought in for the, the crazy things. Okay. We'll see if you know Knoxville. Um, I have three questions for you, and the first one's going to be an easy one. Um, Coach, what was your record last year? We were 15, 2, and 1. 15 right. wins, and two losses, and one tie. Bonus points. Who were the losses and tie? We lost to Gatlinburg Pittman in a regular season, 3 to 0. We lost to uh, Webb of Knoxville, 4 to 1, um, a home match. I still feel the sting of that. Um, oh. And we tied uh, against West High School. It was the first meeting between our teams. Um, they were gracious and, and had a teacher's appreciation day. So we took it lightly on them um, and, and tied <laughs> that. Yeah, I guess you have those up like on, on the wall 
ready to uh, it's, be it's undefeated. Here. It's definitely in my head. All right, and can you tell us when when Knoxville was founded? The city of Knoxville was founded in 1877. Actually, earlier than that. Um, so 1791, the city of Knoxville was founded. Yeah, way back. I'm gonna write it down. Yeah, <laughs> write it down. I feel like that'll come back around one day. Um, and then can you name uh, one of the nicknames of Knoxville? Rocky Top, Tennessee. Yeah, we'll take it. There's there's several of them. That's yep. it. <laughs> we got on, on here, it's uh, Marble City, Heart of the Valley. I've never heard that one. K-Town, Scruffy City, Knox Vegas. Knox Vegas. Okay, Knox yeah. Knox Vegas, yeah. Whenever, um, when you ever right. go to a small town outside of Knoxville, they're all like, you're from Knox Vegas? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know if I call it that. Um, yep. yeah. Maybe um, in a few years, listen, our downtown is growing. I'm excited. Oh, no, that's it. true. Me and Brian, that was so refreshing just hearing Coach and just how inspiring he is. And he has a state champion, trophies sitting on his desk, but he's coming in. He's he's ready for another one. One thing I'd love for our listeners to understand is that Coach Netherland, he he woke up early to talk to us because he works a night shift job before going and, and coaching these boys up in the afternoons at the school. Um, he is so committed to them. He does everything in his power to be available to them. Uh, to coach them, to mentor them, to serve as a role model for them. You know, he admitted it to us. He didn't grow up uh, obsessed with the game like so many of us have, like so many of his players have. He came to it later in life. He's been coaching the team now since 2016. They've improved every single year, and he's doing what it takes to to step up to the next level. You know, so the team, they're moving up a division this year. They're competing against some stronger teams than they did last year. He's taking his coaching badges, he's learning the game, he's becoming a student of it. Um, so in a way, he's kind of like student and professor at the same time. And I think that's that's so respectable. And and I'm, I'm really excited to see where he can take a new set of players this spring. And even just with all of the the attention, national attention, local attention, after just a really hard year for Austin East, he just still has a good head on his shoulders and know how to set that aside and still motivate his boys to go out and win, have fun, play the game of soccer. Yeah, just really blown away by coach. We will be at the scrimmage and we hope you guys are as well. So let's just turn out and continue to support Austin East uh, as they go and uh, bring home another title. Let's do this. Beep, beep. Everyone, thanks for listening to our fourth episode. We greatly appreciate it. And just all of the positive feedback for the first couple of episodes. We just feel so loved. And I think we're going to keep this going. We'd greatly appreciate it if you can give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Subscribe to our newsletter at knoxsoccerpodcast.com and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. Knoxville, we love you. We will see you again soon. Podcasters out. Podcasters out.